Welcome back to Not Too Busy to Write. I'm Penny Windsor. Ali Miller and I are back together for an episode today talking about publication. Ali's book, The Last Days, came out in July and we had this conversation three months later, looking at the highs and the lows, the hard work and the reality of publishing and many more things as well. We discussed reviews, proofs, blurbs, news events that drown out publicity and all sorts of things, as well as a little look ahead to our next publications. If you love the podcast and you would like more writing chat in your inbox, you can sign up to my newsletter at pennywinsorwrites.com. The link is in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Ali. We're back together, having an episode together. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> after many an absence. Yeah, long time. So we thought that we would do an episode on publication itself, which is very, very, very different to writing. <laughs> and so uh, you are now three months, three months post-publication? Yeah, three months. Yeah. So it's probably a good time to do a little bit of a debrief and look at things that went well, things that didn't go so well, uh, things that happened within your control that you're really happy about and things that are outside of your control um I may contribute a little bit but because um because my first book came out um during a very 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 unusual year um I might have less to add to this conversation because basically so many things went wrong (laughs) but so let's get started three months post publication um how are you feeling right now um knackered uh yeah um yeah feeling really quite tired but that's I think that's a good sign um because I've been really busy all summer but I think that lots of people kind of have that sort of like um misconception that publication starts on pub day um and for me everything kind of kicked off in February which was what five months before publication. Mm. And I think that that's maybe been my kind of biggest learning curve is that I am back writing now, but for a long time, I was not doing much writing because I'm doing promotion, you're planning press, you're doing like even like the cover reveal took days to plan. So you're really intensely in this kind of like marketing period for a long time. Um, And so, yeah publication even like publication day felt like the culmination of loads of hard work that wasn't actually writing work Mm. it was loads of other hard work and a lot of work that felt very much teamwork so obviously you know I went out I did a couple of tours before the book was even published so I was off to Edinburgh and did one in London with my publicist um so you know that takes up a couple of weeks of work so you're actually out talking to people about the book um had dinner with booksellers and you know you're you're basically you're talking book talking it all the time um and you do so many interviews beforehand as well so that they're ready to go in the weeks following publication so it's such an intense period mm-hmm. um and I think when you get your kind of publication date you think oh that's that's when everything's going to be really busy and everything is really busy then but everything is very, very busy beforehand as well. And I know it isn't like that with every book, but it certainly was with mine. It was definitely um, a book that I know that Penguin put loads into and a lot of kind of like team resources as well. So it was, it's was it been really busy. Um, and then I was editing 
my second book like basically as I was doing all the publicity for the first as well so August I was intensely editing the next one um at Edinburgh International Book Festival which is just quite like this weird thing that you're talking book one and I could hardly remember what it was about sort of obviously I could remember what it was about but like the actual specifics of the book were a little bit lost on me I'm talking about this book um and meeting people who've read the book and engaging with readers which has been by far one of my favorite things of the whole process while at the same time trying to get my head into a very different book it's fiction it's completely different and um yeah trying to kind of serve both as well as you can is also because I'm a perfectionist which I think we've spoken about before a few times um and yeah just trying to like make sure that both are done really well is intense too and I was having meetings about another project as well so it's just basically been full on um and then I've been sick and I wonder why I got ill basically so yeah <laughs> I think that that's my body kind of going mm, you last took a day off when Christmas day yep well done yeah so yeah it's um <clears throat> it's true I mean you know people sort of I think assume that that publicity sort of starts a little bit before publication day, but really it's at least six months, at least, mm-hmm. really. And for some people it's even slightly longer. Um, I think my my turnaround was really quite tight. So I would say I was working on that for maybe four or five months, and I would say that was tight. Mm-hmm. I think that <laughs> so is So definitely like six months, I think, for most people is like definitely a really good indicator. But like... Um, then I think three months before was when it got really full on. Just yeah. when, yeah, really, really full on about three months before. I think um, mine was probably about the same because I had like a a day in at Penguins Production Studios and I recorded a video to kind of make a film about leaving the witnesses and what that entailed. And that was all morning. And then I was interviewed by someone for Penguins website and did a photo shoot as well for all the promo pictures um and stuff for booksellers and things and yeah that was about three months in advance mm. so yeah, I, everything kicks off. I think it's really important to talk about you know especially if there are writers listening who are um on submission at the moment and and that's sort of all to come it's so time consuming and you really do have to build it into your schedule and it's sort of hard to imagine that it's going to take up that much time but it really does it takes up huge amounts of time doesn't it takes up massive amounts of time I mean I was prepared my publicity team were really good at kind of like telling me sort of what it would be like um and even in my contract I was contracted that I did have to block out time um so yeah, I mine too. yeah I had that sort of inkling but I think because you never know how a book's going to land either and they were really upfront with that and I think that that's a really good thing to kind of manage expectations because um you don't want to go into the kind of publicity thing thinking I'm going to be reviewed in every single newspaper and this is going to happen and that's going to happen I think if you've got a publicity team who are telling you that big things are going to happen be really really suspicious basically Mm. um I think you need a team who manage expectations like even when my book went on submission you know my agent has never said to me yes it will get picked up he said hopefully we've got it in a good enough shape we've done all we can and hopefully it will get picked up and that's been the same um with everyone 
that I've kind of encountered. And for me, that works really well because I think it helps you build that trust that there aren't these kind of unreal expectations that you're you're going to be. And also like the phrase overnight success is just so much nonsense as well, because it is not overnight. You see the work that goes in and it sort of devalues the work that everybody puts into something as well. Um, but yeah, I think to have the kind of people managing what you expect at every stage of the process is also quite important. Yeah, I I'm I've my I've always worked with people the same. It's always sort of managed expectations. And let's talk a bit then about the stuff that is so beyond our control. Obviously, I had something quite massive beyond my control when my book came out, which was that I we were all still locked in our houses and there wasn't a single shop open in the entire country. Um when my book came out, which was not fun. Actually, the probably the biggest thing that happened for me first, which was a huge disappointment, was that because it was in 2020 and it was the very first time anything like that had happened and nobody knew how to manage it, so immediately my proofs were cancelled because nobody even knew whether authors would be willing to accept proofs coming to their house mm. and not to an office, not to their agent's office or through their publisher. And so immediately, because my proofs were going to print, I think the that week that lockdown was announced. And um, so it was just pulled immediately. Um, and that was such a massive disappointment because obviously I still had digital proofs and I had to send them out. But, um, you know, I know what it's like when I get, I have to sometimes read digital proofs and it's such, it's not a great experience. It's really no. difficult um, because they're not formatted like a proper ebook. They're just, you know, PDFs and it is a pain in the ass to read them. And so I know that less people read my proof because it came digitally. Although I have to say, I got some, some people were very, very generous and I had some really incredible quotes come back. So people did make an effort still, which was awesome. But, um, but that was quite disappointing. And then it sort of just continued from there, all of this kind of scrambling around. But there is just in a, even in a normal year, there's so much that we can't control. And, you know, one of those things is reviews, like you say. I think it's not, not really very well understood, I think, widely how reviews happen. You can't just sort of make a review happen. Um, each individual newspaper will decide what they're going to review and as they should because that's kind of the point of reviews. It should be based on what they want to do. And so, you know, no matter how good your publicist is, and hopefully they are excellent, um, there are some great ones out there, um, you know, that's not something that's entirely within their control either. No, absolutely. I mean, individual publications call it in and you don't know what they're going to want to do or what they're going to want to talk about or what they've been inundated with I was quite fortunate in that mine was a very newsy book um it's a topic that people want to know more about the Jehovah's Witnesses were on the national news yesterday for being one of the biggest um uh, most inept organizations at protecting children shall we say just to cover my back um yeah so I was really fortunate in that I had six-page spread in the Sunday Times, which was amazing. I had a brilliant interview there. I was reviewed in the Times, the Observer, the Scotsman. Like, it was widely reviewed and picked up, which was absolutely brilliant. And everything was going really well. And I am, by nature, a pessimist. So I was waiting for something to go wrong. And everything was going perfectly and I was like, wow, maybe I'm actually going to start believing that things can go well and you don't have to wait for the thing to go wrong. But I was right, because basically I had all this wonderful press 
brilliant pickup as on the front page of like I was like one of the Penguin's top four books released that week. Everything was going so well. And then Waterstones switched over their distribution system and there were no copies of my book in any Waterstones up and down the country, not even in ones and twos. There were no copies of the book in the bricks and mortar stores and all the pre-orders that had gone into Waterstones, Foils and Hatchards and also Blackwell's because they own so many other books. All those pre-orders weren't fulfilled, so none of them counted for public either. Um, and at the time, nobody really knew what was going on. It was nothing to do with my publisher. They have been amazing since at trying to get the book to filter through, at trying to make sure that it's still got tables and that it's still turned out and that it's visible. But of course, you miss a window. Mm. And it's well, especially such a when all of the press is happening and it's, it is, it's just like that is a classic case. And there's so many different things that can go wrong, but that is such a classic case of something that is completely outside of your completely control, out completely outside control. of your publicist's control. And um, just like, you know, when mine came out and there was literally no bookshops open, completely out of everyone's mm. control. Um, and unfortunately, these things just happen. You know, I every time there's a massive news story, which obviously at the moment went to sort of end-to-end awful news stories, um, as well, I always feel awful for anyone publishing a book in those couple of days. I mean, gosh, when the Queen died, can you imagine bringing out a book that week? And I know well, people same, did. Yeah. Um, and there are things that are, there are always going to be things that come and completely disrupt your mm-hmm. publicity. <laughs> I mean, so obviously, Waterstones, the problem was that it is an issue that's taken so long to resolve. Yeah. That if literally everyone who was released at that time was affected. So there's been authors affected, booksellers were affected too, and that mm. the shops were running low on stock and then customers are coming in and being quite abusive. So the whole thing was a bit of a disaster. Mm. Um, and then obviously because the industry is so quick that you've got other books coming out that have already that need yeah. to be prioritized too because they're that month's release or yeah. whatever. So um I mean I was really lucky in that I know some great indie booksellers and we organized a signing tour at the last minute and I went and did that so that I was actually in the shops and could create some kind of visibility on social media as well and say it's in these stores and it's there um Hatchards as soon as they got them in had like a massive stock so I was too scared to go into bookshops as well and then I went into Hatchards and they had like a huge pile and they had it on different tables throughout the shop and I was like oh my goodness thank you that was September though and so I was released 14th of July and that was the first of September that I dared go into a bookshop so that's six weeks um and yeah it's it was completely devastating basically but you know it was also devastating for everyone who'd worked on the book it wasn't just me and I've always said and do completely feel that a book is is a team effort and people had put in an awful lot of work Mm. and then there was just wasn't that pickup and nobody knew at that stage even really what was happening or Mm. what books it was affecting Waterstones had ordered a lot of my books and they were just were sitting in a warehouse just waiting to go out um so it was it was really hard um Mm. but that to be honest I say that was all like the major retailer not having your book is a small thing it's a big thing but that was like in this grand scheme of things 
the only thing. I had some news things pulled um, once the whole, um, sorry, I just had an alarm go off. I had one news thing um, pulled once the leadership thing started to kick in because it's been like rumbling so slowly for months and months. But my biggest fear in the lead up was I did keep saying the Queen's going to die, isn't she? Because I thought she was going to die on my publication week, but she, she held on. on. And I like honestly really feel for any any of the authors bringing out books that week. I mean, just yeah, awful, <laughs> awful. Um, but so those are the things that we can't control. These things happen. But so in terms of next time, and next time will be different because it'll be a different book. <laughs> but, like, um, is there anything that you've learned from this time that you would maybe do a bit differently next time? Um, I've learned loads from this time that I would do next time mm. rather than what I would do differently because it's such a steep learning curve. Mm. Um, and I've been lucky who I've got to work with because my publicist is very good at her job. Um, so there, I don't think there's much that I would say I've learned that I wouldn't do. I think I'd learned, you know, I was really fortunate. I got media training. That was amazing because it immediately taught me how to speak to the media and kind of to give me the confidence. I think I'd probably next time try and be more confident. I was quite, to begin with, when I was talking about the book, I was quite reserved. Um, you see a lot of people kind of just like singing and dancing about their books. And that wasn't me. Like I'm not singing and dancing about my own work. I'm quite self-effacing as well. I'm kind of like, oh, you might like it. I think because it's quite a difficult book. I'm sort of like the way I talk about it. It's like, oh, you might like this book, you might not. Um, but I think also like in interviews, I didn't say low. It's taken me a while to learn to kind of like say a lot. And to feel comfortable with that, I sort of felt like I should say a little bit and then let the interviewer come in. Um, I think next time I'd probably be more, just more confident talking about myself in maybe a way that's a bit more like sellable rather than like, although this book's going to traumatise you for life sort of way. Um, But in terms of some kind of like nuts and bolts of the process, I don't think so. I would just say that major retailers maybe need to really, really, really road test their new distribution systems before they involve people's livelihoods. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think because, you know, um, next time around, you and I are both bringing out quite different books to our first ones. So in some ways it's going to be interesting to see how different it feels. Um, next time around, I'm going to have a hell of a lot more lead time than I did last time, which is going to be interesting. Um, so I don't know how that's going to be. Maybe that, maybe that will be good. Maybe it won't be so good. I don't know. It was really intense last time, but maybe that wasn't the worst thing. I sort of just sort of threw myself into it and stayed in it for quite a long time. So that will be interesting. But um but yeah, I think next time around, I have, I guess, much more of a heads up about what I'm going to expect at each stage. 
And so I'll be a little bit more prepared in that. I knew it was going to be a huge amount of work, but, um, but I guess this time I'll have a bit more strategy in place earlier um, for how I'm going to approach that work. It'll be interesting. Um, I think in terms of things like bookstores, it will be really strange because I, I didn't see a copy of my book in a bookstore until the first time was actually at Cheltenham when I went to the Cheltenham festival. Mm -hmm. And that was four or five months, I think after my book came out, because like you were saying, you know, once the book, you know, publishing moves so fast, Mm -hmm. moves fast, it moves slow, but so many new books are published every week that, you know, once the month of your publication has passed, you know, there's loads of others. And so, um, once the bookstores opened again in 2020, there was so many books that had come out in the four or five months that the bookstores had been closed mm-hmm. that they just couldn't put them all in the bookstores. It was exactly. just physically impossible. And yeah. so the first time I saw it was when I went to Cheltenham and it was a weird thing because everybody talks about that moment as an author when you walk into a bookstore and you see your own book up on the bookshelves. And I haven't really experienced that. Not really. I see, I do see it occasionally. I do get people send me pictures occasionally, which is really lovely. And I love it when people do that because I missed out on a lot of that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's that's gonna be fun. I think I'm mm. gonna really embrace that next time. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be in a slightly normal issue. I'm not even gonna say normal. I feel like we're not even anywhere near any kind of normal at the moment. We keep going through various different phases, but hopefully we do have stores open and functioning and distributing properly um, next time both of us bring books out. Yeah, we might be in like a lull phase of the apocalypse. Who knows? Lull phase. There we go. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Well, the apocalypse is the new normal, isn't it? Like they said about COVID, this can be the new normal. But um, yeah, I feel, so my my next one's out early 24 and I think it sounds like ages away because we're still dealing in 22 but I know that it's just going to be boom. It's going to hit really fast and that I have a very short amount of time to achieve anything sort of worthwhile until all the promo for that kicks off. Yes. I'm trying to desperately do things that are like planning ahead for the next few years work after that, because I like to be planned. Um, And then my paperback is out at the beginning of July in 23. So I'm going to obviously have 22 of hardback, 23 paperback, 24 <laughs> a hardback novel, which is obviously like suddenly feels like that's very little time away. Sounded like a lot of time in June when we were first talking, when it, when the deal was done. But now it's like, actually, it's not that that's far. just going to, yeah, it's not far at all. Just over a year. Yeah, it's not yeah. far at all. It's yeah. not far. And to get kind of, to make sure that there's something after that, it's like, oh my goodness, now I've really got to knuckle down. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? Um, because if you're, yeah, because it's just over just over a year away, which means proofs will be not that far off, presumably. Mm-hmm. Everything, nothing is very far off. <laughs> so it's sort of a machine. It's funny, isn't it? It's like, um, in some ways, I know we talk about publishing being quite slow in a lot of ways. Um, I'm working on something at the moment that when that one goes out on submission, I've got something for 2024. When the next thing goes out on submission, we'll be looking at least at 2025, which it sounds like miles away, but actually 
in the scheme of things, <laughs> it's not considering what has to be done between now and then. But um, yeah. but it is, it's sort of, it's almost like as well, because how much work it takes to publicize a book, um, you really need to have huge chunks of the year where you're not publicizing anything so you can actually get some writing done because it's it's really difficult to do both at the same time um it's really difficult to edit and do it at the same time but it's like really difficult if you like properly in a project Mm -hmm. um and this is why so many agents recommend that once you have got something out on submission to immediately start working on something else (laughs) because once you're really once that project really kicks in with the publisher it's really difficult Mm -hmm. I'm working on my third just now um, and it won't be until 26, but I actually, weirdly, it's, it's me tea. So it's like, I need that time anyway, but it's actually quite nice thinking, all right, that's four years, but then you're suddenly like, actually it's only three years and you've got all the publicity period for another one. To yeah. Get in. And so you, yeah. you start subtracting half a year here. And then three months there and suddenly you're like, oh, actually, yeah. And and then when you're traveling as well, it's like you're traveling to events and you've got a day either side of that to get there and to get back as well. And it's kind of like, it just takes so much time and you've got to prepare for events as well. I have an event on Tuesday and I spent like a big chunk of yesterday preparing it and talking to people about what we were going to do and yeah, it's just, you just sort of constantly got other things. And I think that's why the first book is so special because you've actually got the time to write it because you're not doing everything else. And then suddenly, yeah, you're a part of the machine as well as yeah. working for a machine and you've got all these bits that you kind of have to keep going. And yeah. Well, isn't that what they talk about with like music, with albums, but also with with publishing this idea that like your first book or your first album is like 20 or 30 or 40 years in the making, but then the second one is like one or two years in the making essentially. Well, it's funny because that's not how I work because I think because I had 10 years where I was writing and not getting anywhere. I've got also, I think because I'm a bit thick and I think really slowly I've got like, stuff I've got thoughts I've been thinking for so so many years that I'm going back and constantly going back and back and back so like the book that's out in 24 I started working on that in 2019 um in fact I started working on some of the ideas it's it's underpinned by a lot of like theory and so I started working on a lot of ideas for that in 2018 and plotted it and drafted sort of around it 2020 I did my first draft 2021 second draft so it's kind of like and then what I'm working on next is stuff from that weirdly so because I separated so much of my life into like the last days people think is my life but it's a bit of my life it's like it's a strand of it Mm. and I deliberately did that so that I had things left so I'm I'm working on stuff that I've worked on in the past like the next hopefully the next two projects after the next book are like things that existed in the last decade which is quite funny so I'm going back and pulling them back 
I'm completely terrified about what happens when I've done them because then what do you do next? Where are the next ideas? But that's a while away. But yeah, <laughs> that's quite a it's, project um, ahead. I don't think you need to worry about it. Quite a few projects ahead. It's been neurotic. But it's um it's so interesting. I've been thinking so much more about scheduling not my days, but my years, because as a photographer, I had such a really nice built-in rhythm to my year, which was dictated by how the industry works and the seasonality of the commercial work and also the length of the days. Mm. Um, And I've been trying to work out a system to how to get my schedule in um, as combining writing with the writing coaching business because the writing coaching business could, it could kind of take any shape at all that I want it to take. Um, But the, the writing can't, well, publishing can't, publishing has its own rhythm and you have to kind of, you know, it is what it is. Um, So I've been trying to work out my rhythm and routines for the next sort of, I guess, year. I'm up to spring 2024 now. And I think I've now kind of worked out a pattern for the next between now and 2024, which is, it feels nice to finally be able to do that. Cause I feel like I've been sort of on the hoof for the last few years, partly because of all the changes that have happened, partly because my first book was published so quickly, but um, it feels nice to start to get into this idea of a rhythm of time. Um, because it's quite it's quite difficult when you can't plan ahead, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, I feel like I'm sort of dictated to until early twenty four. Mm. Um, but then I know there'll be the whole summer season as well, off events and everything. That hopefully people will want me back at festivals. I don't think I annoyed anyone too much this year, so hopefully I'll be back out. Um, so yeah I feel like I've kind of got a lot of that year taken up I'm in the situation at the moment where I can't plan so I've got a couple of projects um that might take off but that's very hard to know if they will or not because Mm. that's that's the way the industry goes and you obviously can't talk about them until they actually are like set in stone and definitely real so I'm in a weird sort of I know what's happening with the last days on paperback and I know what's happening with the next novel and that's kind of like yeah I can plan those bits but the rest I can't plan so I've just sort of just gone I'm just going to submit to the uncertainty and (laughs) and wing it so yeah it's (laughs) just see yeah it's true it's true and because I've been working on this novel and I had a conversation with my agent the other day about it we've got a plan for it but um she did say to me, um, she's like, oh, I just, I just wanted to remind you that um, selling a novel can, can be quick, but often it takes a lot longer than selling a nonfiction book because nonfiction is proposals and people can make decisions quite quickly on proposals, but whereas a whole manuscript, some, they often need longer and stuff. She's like, I just, I just want to warn you now, it's going to be different. And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you. So I'm not going to be freaking out if it takes longer than the previous two books have taken. Um, because it is, it does feel like it's going to be a really different process. It does feel going to be, it's going to be different. I mean, actually, actually the two nonfictions have been very different to each other even, but, um, but this feels like it's going to be really different. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes, but, um, we've really gone off track. Sorry, everybody. We really <laughs> got off track from publishing. <laughs> 
from actual publication and talking much more about the whole entire process. Um, but so overall, um, you're now, uh, your event that's coming up is, is your last, is it your last sort of major one now for a while and you can kind of put publicity slightly to the back burner until the paperback, is that right? Uh, no, I've got another one in November. Yeah. But um, then, but, but not like, but it's not constant anymore. You can actually now get on with other work. Yeah. The, the season's kind of over and no one really does anything and kind of or like January, February, March, it's just a long time anyway. And then, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of deadlines for what's happening next. So yeah, it's, it's always, I think that's the thing is people might think, oh, you're just promoting a book but they don't know what else you're doing behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. I think I have to realise that writing is that weird sort of multifaceted job and you never stop as well. I'm trying to teach myself yeah. new things and trying to sort of improve um, things that I feel are like Achilles heels or things that I I don't want to do so well. But yeah, I feel that I'm sort of at the stage of kind of um, – wanting to shut down and just be completely obsessed with um, a new project and mm. kind of just go into its darkness. But I think it's almost a sort of reticence because I know the process now and I know that a book, if anything, is a completely obliterating force. So I'm like, my life was completely upended by the last days. The next one completely reconfigured parts of myself and I'm like well what's book three going to do what what's this going to do to me am I ready to sort of like give myself over to it because I think that I don't know I think you're a bit hollow as a writer as well you've got to let your books do that I don't believe that you write the books I think the books kind of write on you and they leave this imprint on you for better or for worse but it is it's always there so um yeah I'm kind of like right I got to give myself over to this, but I'm sort mm. of holding back at the same time. It's quite a dark project that I'm surprisingly, like, imagine that I'm about to embark <laughs> on a dark Allie, project. Write something dark? No. I know. Who would have thought? Like, you're you're waiting for the light. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm about to go into another tunnel and I'm sort of like, what will be there at the end when I come out the tunnel? Will anything be there? Like, will I just obliterate everything with my darkness? So, yeah, happy, happy time. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? That's it, basically. It's all different. Yeah, it's weird. Have you read anything good lately? Oh, yeah, I'm reading loads, actually. I, But mostly old stuff. I read this amazing book that completely, like, a source, it it wasn't a difficult book to read, but it's I've not I think I think I think about it every day. So I read this book for an event I was doing. I went to the Good Life Festival in Wales, which was gorgeous, and I was chairing an event there with this guy called Peter Riley, and his book was called Strandings about whales, about whales being um, stranded and people who scavenge on the carcasses and like saw the whales up because basically when a whale is washed ashore it's immediately property of the crown so what they're doing is really illegal and he went to meet these people but he also was obsessed with whales and began to think that they were like sending him messages and he needed to work out what the whales were trying to communicate it's 
it's genuinely one of like the maddest and best books that I've read. It's definitely top of like my, it's my joint book of the year. I absolutely love it. It's an amazing book. So read that. And then he does a lot that's really interesting stylistically. He's a Melville scholar and teaches English lit. And because he does all this interesting stuff stylistically, it took me back to Moby Dick. I was like, I'm going to go back to Moby Dick. And I went back to Moby Dick and then I was like, you know what? I'm missing a trick. Like I need to go back to older books and just kind of immerse myself in, in things that are already published and like stop trying to keep up with the industry and all of that. So I've sort of submitted to that too. So I'm rereading um, Greal Marcus's Lipstick Tracy's, which is again, an amazing book. Um, it's, it's like very cultural based. So yeah, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm reading lots of things, but I also think I'm reading lots of things because I'm at the idea stage mm. of the new project as well. Yeah. And I feel that I'm kind of like just trying to take all these things in so that I can start working out, you know, when your brain gets really hungry again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I am reading something old as well, actually. Oh, well, a couple of things. First, I read um, I read Claire Keegan's, um, no, I don't know, is it a novella? Is it a long short story? Um, Foster, which is just mind-blowingly good. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I would really recommend it. It's so quick. Obviously, you could probably read it in like maybe one or two hours. It's really quick. But it is just so magnificent. Um, I think it was originally maybe written in 2012. I'm not sure, but it was be- it's just been re-released by Faber <clears throat> and it's just stunning. Highly recommend it. Um, but I'm reading um, uh, Janet Frame's um, memoir, An Angel at My Table. Do you know the New Zealand author Janet Frame? Um, Jane Campion made it into a film in the 90s. Right. Um, she's sort of one of New Zealand's sort of greatest writers she died, I think, in the early 2000s. Um, and I'm revisiting that for a few reasons. Um, but, yeah, it is really quite magnificent and haunting mm. and about um, part of it is about her experience when she was um, forcibly institutionalised um, and given a diagnosis of schizophrenia and some really horrific things happened to her there. And the only she was very, very close to being given a lot lobotomy. It was in the 50s. Mm. And the only reason she didn't was because she entered a short story competition and came first. And so they were like, oh, I guess she's not completely crazy. Maybe she's just really creative. And oh. it saved her life. Yeah. And she was able to leave and escape and went on to have this like incredible literary career. Um, but it's really stunning and it's incredible to be in that whole world and fifties in, in New Zealand. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's beautiful. So I'm revisiting that. Mm. I first, I read it, I think in the late nineties, originally when I was at university. So, yeah. Yeah. There's something really satisfying about going back to something and kind of like, almost like re-examining who you are when you first read it as well. Yeah. Something. You're you're not the same. You never read the same book twice, but you're never the same person reading the book either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm obviously in a very different place than I was when I first read that for so many reasons. Um, but um, but yeah, it's really wonderful. And actually, I'm also I also picked up the Hours by Michael Cunningham. Um, and oh, I started reading that again yesterday. Yeah. I've actually never read it. I saw the film, and I for years been meaning to read it. And I picked it up the other day and read the first couple of pages and I was like, oh my God, 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm buying this immediately. Really good book. Yeah, it's a brilliant book. <laughs> um, again, for a number of reasons that slightly relate to what I'm working on. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, not so many new books either. Although I have read a few new things lately, which have been amazing. But um, but yeah, just following following where my random interest is taking me at the moment. Yeah, I think you have to do that. I'm quite looking forward to having a winter where I sort of calm down a little bit, learn what it's like to be at home, have some blankets and tea and read spots and yeah, just read whatever I want. That space. That was what, sort of how I started the year was like, I'm just going to read what I want to read, I'm not going to read what I think I should read. And I'm not going to read what the market's telling me I should read. I'm just going to read what I want to read. And it's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it was lovely to chat with you again. You too. <laughs> and we'll have to do this again soon. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.